Hello and welcome back to another episode of Girls These Days. I am Lindsay. And I'm Brenna. And we are your hosts today. We are together finally recording for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I'm down here in Arizona for a little bit getting some much needed sunshine and warm weather. (laughs) And this is also um, Darla's first time in Arizona. So made a little trip down here. We're recording in Brenna's childhood bedroom. Yes. We, a couple of us flew up to Utah to visit Brenna and her family and then brought her back home with us. So we don't really have a ton to update on. Yeah, since the last episode, but we did see Iron Claw, the movie. (gasps) Is it Iron Claw or The Iron Claw? I think it's The Iron Claw. Okay, well, anyway, we saw that movie and I'm pressing charges for false advertising (laughs) on the trailers that have been provided to me because those are the absolute thirstiest 70s promos you've ever seen (laughs) um only for the movie to be literally the most depressing movie in existence yeah it was so sad I was thirst trapped by the thirst traps yeah and swindled yeah so I want my money back. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm going to sue Cinemark. Yeah. That's the theater we went to. <laughs> it was a really good movie, but it was really yeah. freaking sad. Yeah. I would still definitely recommend seeing it. Um, I think the cast is really good. Yeah. But yeah, definitely not what I... Bring your tissues. Yeah. Especially if you have no context about the plot. Like we did not. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was like based on a true story. So if you want to go spoil the movie, you can look up the Von Eric family. But I would recommend don't go into it blind and then you'll be like extra sad. Yeah. (laughs) Super cool. If you need a good cry. Um, And then Darla had her first plane ride. Yes. Darla is now she's five, like five and a half weeks. Oh, she'll be six weeks tomorrow when the episode comes out. She'll be six weeks. So, yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever flown with a newborn, but I was so terrified. (laughs) But luckily I had like four people with me. I had my mom, Lindsay ryan and then my brother tanner yeah yeah she did so great yeah she literally slept the whole time yeah from the moment we walked into the airport she didn't wake up once and she was (gasps) removed from her car seat many times yeah (laughs) walking through security with a newborn baby felt like illegal yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why that was so funny to me yeah and the flight attendants loved her the flight attendants are obsessed with her she is so freaking cute which is the best like the best compliments all i've ever wanted in life was for people to compliment how cute my baby is yeah i'm like i know i made her and she's like half me so thank you she's perfect yeah she did great (laughs) so today we're talking about brenna's birth story and birth experience when baby darla was born and some of you guys had some questions for her about her birth experience and do you want to like tell the birth story or just go through the questions i'll just i'll give like a brief synopsis or like a quick synopsis of my birth story because the story itself like i could go into a lot of detail but i'll just kind of give the highlights and then i'll go through your questions okay um okay so set the scene it's thanksgiving day (laughs) well actually no i have to go back a few days so darla is a little stinker and she got me all excited on november 20th She was born the 23rd, November 20th, a few days prior, I started getting a lot of back pain, like lower right back pain um, that got so bad throughout the morning that I was like incapacitated. And later I found out that that's, I think it was back labor that Mm -hmm. I was in, which I would never wish upon my worst enemy because it was really, really painful. Like I couldn't move. And Austin was at work. And so I called the hospital and explained what was happening. And they said, go ahead and just come in and we'll check you. Um, And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I think I'm going to have my baby today. So Austin comes home from work around lunchtime and we got to the hospital around one. And then they, I was in triage, which I feel like there's a lot of birth vocabulary that I didn't understand until going through it. So triage is, Lindsay, can you explain what triage is? It's basically like the emergency room for the labor and delivery section okay like that's where pregnant women go in to be seen if there's like pregnancy concerns like mm-hmm. decreased fetal movement or a labor check or blood pressure check or whatever mm-hmm. sometimes the offices or like sometimes women will go in for an appointment in the office and then they'll be like 
I want you to go into triage so that they can do like monitoring or whatever on yeah. the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a tiny little room with a bed and I, you like lay down and they do like a cervical check. So by the time we got to our, the triage room, I was just in so much pain that I just like, I couldn't even keep my eyes open. I was in like this weird, like comatose state. Like people were trying to ask me questions and Austin was having to answer for me because I was literally just like, I just couldn't even focus on anything. Yeah. It was really weird. Anyway, so they checked me and I was dilated to a three and a, a 3.5. And then they made me wait an hour to see if I made any progress before admitting me. And I di- then I was dilated to a four. So they admitted me. I kept having back labor. And then I actually labored. The room I was in had a, a bathtub. So I got in the tub for a little bit for like hopefully some relief from the pain. And it really didn't help at all. Yeah, I was just now really in pain in an uncomfortable bathtub. <laughs> and so I got out and back into the hospital bed. And almost right away, I started feeling better. I was like, okay, finally some relief. But then that was that was it. I didn't start feeling any like contractions. I didn't feel anything. And so they just kept monitoring me for a while. I never got any contractions that came back and I wasn't dilating anymore by like eight o'clock. So they just, they discharged me. They did give me the option. One of the nurses gave me the option to like induce. get induced, like start mm-hmm. Pitocin or whatever, which Pitocin is the drug that makes you go into labor, right? It stimulates uterine contractions. Okay. So it makes you contract. Yeah. Okay. So that's Pitocin. Another word that I didn't know what that was. But I, my plan was not to get induced. I wanted to go into labor naturally and I just figured, okay, like she's not ready to come out and I feel good. So I'm just going to go home. Mm-hmm. But we were bummed, but I went home, took a shower and then I slept like a baby. I slept great. I didn't yeah. have any more contractions for days. And so I was really confused and just kind of bummed and we jokingly were like maybe she'll come on Thanksgiving and then what do you know Thanksgiving morning November 23rd around like 6 a.m. I woke up feeling kind of like when you start to have period cramps before your period starts not intense ones but Mm -hmm. just like oh I'm probably gonna start my period soon yeah that's what I was feeling and of course because of the because I was burned so badly before (laughs) I was like this probably isn't anything but I continued to have them and I woke up Austin and I was like, babe, don't be mad, but I think I'm having the baby today. For context, Thanksgiving is Austin's favorite holiday. And he was so stoked all year to have his Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Like, <laughs> let's go to the hospital. But um, because I wanted to go into labor naturally, my midwife had me just stay at home for as long as I could before coming in just so that nothing was like pushed on to me before I needed it. I labored at home. And we didn't get to the hospital till about noon, I think. So I labored for a while at home. And when I say labored, I just mean I just endured contractions, basically. And I just tried to like rest and lay down. So once the contractions got more intense and closer together, we decided to go to the hospital. And when I got there back to triage, they said I was dilated to a seven. Mm. So I was already at a seven by the time I got to the hospital. Yeah, and then they, we were like, okay, like this is happening. We're having a little Thanksgiving baby. Little turkey girl. Yeah. And then we got admitted, got into our delivery room. I continued to labor and just have contractions in the delivery room. I honestly don't, I mean, I had no concept of time the whole day. I can't remember exactly when, like, I started to, like, push, like, go into that type of labor. I think it was, like, 3 or 3.30. So, again, I was, I was laboring for a few hours and then... Darla was born at 5.10 p.m. So pretty much it was an all-day thing. Yeah. I was unmedicated the whole time. Like I said, I didn't get induced. I didn't get an epidural. I don't know why I just said it like that. An epidural. (laughs) An epidural. The only thing I had was an IV with, I think, just fluids. Yeah, they give, it's called lactated ringers, just to keep you hydrated. Because once you're in, like, active labor, usually Mm -hmm. you're not, like, really eating or drinking. Yeah. So it just keeps you... Mm -hmm. hydrated yeah and I was able they like let me drink water and I had like a sprite as well but yeah I think those are just kind of the highlights I was able to go unmedicated and then once she was born they put her right up on my chest which is what I wanted we did what's called a delayed cord clamping so they didn't cut the cord immediately we waited a bit and then I got my they took off my hospital gown so I could do skin to skin with her and then they handed her over to Austin they were needing to do a few tiny stitches. I luckily had like hardly any tearing. There was like a little bit internally, they said. So they just had to do a few
few couple stitches and I didn't want to be holding her while I was, mm-hmm. I just was worried it was, I don't know, I just don't want to be holding her while I was getting stitched up. It worried me. Yeah. So passed her off to Austin and then she came back to me and then we didn't do her measurements until it had been about an hour. I wanted to just have her on me, enjoy that time. The and golden then, hour. Golden hour, yeah. yeah. So yeah, obviously that was a very quick overview, but we'll get into the unmedicated thing more in a minute. But okay. that's my that's my birth story. Okay, so someone asked what helped most to prepare for unmedicated birth. So I talked about this in the pregnancy episode that I was taking a hypnobirthing class. I would say if you know for sure you want to do unmedicated, I would a thousand percent recommend taking a hypnobirthing class. There's a hypnobirthing book that I started reading and then decided to take the class. And I think for me, I learned better in person. And so I would definitely recommend taking a hypnobirthing class. I know there's in-person and virtual. If you live in Salt Lake County or Utah County, I went to, her name is Crystal Lyon, L-Y-O-N. That's who I took the class through, but there's a lot of, you can go to the, I think, hypnobirthing website and just look up any certified like teacher Mm -hmm. and go to one of their classes, but definitely recommend taking a class. You learn a lot in there. Well, and I think too, not only if you want to do an unmedicated birth, for sure if you do, but even if you want to get an epidural or you're not sure or anything like that, like I think it's a really good resource just to learn about all these different types of coping mechanisms and different interventions that you may or may not want to do like in your delivery or your birth, like as part of your birth experience, I think it's good to learn about regardless of what medication route you want to take. Yeah, definitely. For me, it was a five class course. I don't know how other teachers do it, but each class focused on something different. And there was a whole portion of one of the classes where we did, we literally practiced like, what if a doctor asks you if you want to do this, how how to respond to that? And mm-hmm. it was also for the birth partner to learn. Yeah. And we'll, I'll talk about this later, but how to help advocate for you and be like, I don't think we need that right now, but thank you. Yeah. Or is it necessary? No. Okay. So yeah, you learn about your body. You learn about pain management, like without medication. You learn about... Um, just what to expect in the hospital, just things to prepare. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much that you learn in that class. Yeah. Along with that, just not not engaging in any scary birth talk was really crucial for me yeah. too because once you decide you want to do it, it's not that people are going to try to talk you out of it, but they might make comments or tell you stories about mm-hmm. like, oh, even with my epidural, birth was so hard. Yeah. Just things like that. So You just have to like, once you decide, just stick with it and just, obviously if you do decide, I really think it's going to be better for me to get an epidural. That's great. But if, don't let other people talk you out Mm -hmm. of it. Like if you've made up your mind, just stick with it and don't engage in any, yeah, scary birth talk. And then on the flip side, do like watch or listen to positive birth stories, whether they're medicated or unmedicated. Um, Every day in our class, we watched a positive birth video of someone that did unmedicated. Mm -hmm. And that was really encouraging. And that was the, that helped also Austin get more on board. He was on board, but once he saw a video of a very positive unmedicated birth, he was like, okay, yeah, that I can see why you would want that. So Those are helpful. And then the last thing is just listening to my hypnobirthing affirmations every day. There was also a random podcast that I found that had good affirmations. So you don't have to, if you choose not to take the class and you don't get the affirmations, you can look up, you know, hypnobirthing affirmations on on a podcast or YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to those every day, either as I was going to sleep or when I was getting ready for the day. So those are the, the four things that I would recommend. Okay, and then someone asked, how did you cope with the pain? Yes, so <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it was it was painful. I didn't expect to have no pain, but it was, it was obviously painful. You're pushing a baby out of you. One thing that helped a lot was counter pressure. So depending on what position you're laboring in, because you can labor in whatever position you want, I mostly labored in, what is it called when it's almost like you're sitting up in Throne, the bed? Throne, I think. Throne, yeah. So it was almost like the bed was made into like a big chair for me. Mm -hmm. So when a contraction was coming, either my midwife or Austin, they kind of switched off. They would like lean up and push against my knees, if that makes sense. Like pressing them outward. 
no pushing them in oh pushing, pushing them, them in towards yeah. you mm-hmm. okay and for some reason that relieved a lot of the yeah i shouldn't say a lot of the pain but it, it helped a lot mm-hmm. um so counter pressure helped a lot and again another great reason to do the classes we learned different positions to labor in and we learned about counter pressure breathing through it you also learn breathing techniques in the hypnobirthing class so breathing through the contractions rather than like clenching up and like holding your breath and that kind of thing that helped a lot and I feel like using just those two things I I did pretty well through my contractions up until I was dilated to about an eight or a nine and then I'm not gonna lie to you I kind of lost my edge at that point and I kind of just went into like get this baby out of me mode. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel like panicked at all or just like you were just like fatigued? I was really tired. And again, I don't say this to like scare anyone that wants to do unmedicated because everyone's pain tolerance is different. But I did get to the point several times towards the end, like before and then during pushing where I remember like just looking at Austin in between a contraction being like, I can't do this. Like I, yeah. I'm like crying. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know what to do, but I cannot do this. And, yeah. you know, he just kept encouraging me. And then the whole like group of the midwife and the nurses that were in there and even my birth photographer, they were all like, you're doing so good. You're, mm-hmm. You know, they were. So that was really helpful to get me through it because there were definitely times towards the end, not the whole time, but yeah. just towards the end when it was getting really real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no turning back at this point that I just mentally I think I wasn't as strong as I thought I would be but I was able to just push through it but yeah there was moments near the end where I was like what have I done but yeah yeah (laughs) and then it's like at that point it's like babe you've got one option and it's push this baby out (laughs) exactly exactly so okay the next person asked what went as expected versus not as expected So I was able to pretty much follow my whole birth plan, which like I said, included like not being induced, no epidural, no like unnecessary interventions. So that went as expected, but there were a few things I didn't expect. So I didn't expect to labor for so long. I don't know why I thought that I would, because I was doing it naturally, it would be quicker. I don't know why I, I don't know why I thought that. I think I had seen several TikToks of women that were like I drank my my red raspberry leaf tea and I ate my dates and I went into labor and baby was here in 10 minutes like I don't know why I thought that that was going to be me because I also drank my tea every day yeah (laughs) but that was not the case so I didn't expect it to be so long I also expected that because I took a hypnobirthing class I thought that I was going to just be relaxed the whole time because that's how hypnobirthing that's like the goal of hypnobirthing because it's like you put yourself in a state of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And some women, the the videos that I saw in the class, these women literally you wouldn't even know they were in labor. They were almost looked like they were asleep. And then all of a sudden they're like, mm, boop. And then the baby's just there. And I was like, that's how it's going to be for me. Oh I just have to lay there and she's going to pop out. <laughs> she's going to come climbing out. Literally. So um, I personally wasn't able to get into a super deep state. But a lot of women are able to do that. And I'll talk later about like things that I maybe would have done differently to prepare. But yeah, I expected I was just going to naturally be relaxed the whole time because I took a hypnobirthing class and that was not true. But again, I think I did pretty well up until the end. I also didn't, I, I realized in the moment when I was like about to start pushing, like I actually don't know how to push like they tell you to push but like Mm -hmm. push what yeah like what muscles what part (laughs) of my body like okay push and so I remember (laughs) I remember just like kind of clenching my whole body being like "Ah," and being like did I do it like did I push I don't I don't know but now going through it I know that literally pushing for me I should say for me pushing out my baby she felt like I was just pushing out a giant poop like it, mm. it truly did feel like that. Yeah. The same, I was engaging those muscles. And I remember as I was pushing, I'm like, does it feel like I'm supposed to be pooping? And I think they were like, yes, that's right. And I'm like, okay, well, if I poop, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for me pushing, if you're wondering what it feels like to push, it really is like engaging those same muscles. Like yeah. she truly felt like a giant poop. Mm-hmm. That was coming Yeah, bearing down. Not to be, yeah, bearing down, not to be gross, but yeah. One thing about pushing is I didn't think I would need to push at all. I thought she would just, because I was what's called like resting. I wanted to rest and descend. 
mm-hmm. which is like when you again just kind of let your baby like come work out of you down. yeah work her way down the birth path mm-hmm. is what one of the <laughs> affirmations was and so I don't know if that's something again that maybe maybe I should have waited longer to push I don't know but I assumed because of the videos that I saw that she would just kind of work her way out through a contraction I didn't know I would actively have to push her out mm-hmm. and again maybe I could have done it differently but at that point I just wanted her out and so I decided to start pushing but yeah. anyway, pushing was, yeah, felt different than I thought it would. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked, what things do you recommend during the birthing experience and wouldn't change about it? So the first one would definitely be a supportive and involved birthing partner and or a doula. If maybe you don't have that mm-hmm. partner, maybe look at hiring a doula. I did not. And I think it's kind of expensive to hire a doula. Uh-huh. Um, wasn't in our budget to do that, but if it was, I think I definitely would have done that. But regardless, having a supportive and involved birthing partner, Austin was way more involved than I ever thought of my birthing partner would be. When I say my birthing partner, like before I was married or pregnant or whatever, yeah. I just assumed like, oh, birth is on the woman. She just births and the yeah, husband's there to there. cut the cord and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, so once we... And maybe if we didn't do hypnobirthing, I wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been as involved. So I love how involved and eager to be involved Austin was. And he was literally there every step of the way. He was by my side, but not just by my side. Like he, again, he was giving me counter pressure. He was holding my hand. He was giving me words of affirmation. He turned on music for me. He Mm -hmm. gave me water. Like he just was like I truly couldn't have done it without him Mm -hmm. and so I would definitely recommend that well and back to the advocacy piece that you talked about earlier because like you as the pregnant person can take all the classes and learn all the things but at the end of the day when you're in labor like how you were saying there was a point where you weren't even able to like respond you were in so much pain and stuff like that like you're not really able to advocate for yourself or like think you know, back to all the things that you've learned and talked about and, you know, the things that you know you do and don't want to do. And so it's important also to have a birth partner who's just as knowledgeable about the interventions that you do and don't want for you and the baby so that they can like step into your place if needed and, you know, be able to, we'll just be able to like dig back into that knowledge and, be like, oh, well, remember, and like, we could try this intervention. We could try the birthing combs. We could try whatever, because like, you're not thinking straight, most likely mm-hmm. at that point, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah, it doesn't have to be like your spouse or partner. Like if they're not involved, it can be a parent, a sister, a friend, a doula, like whoever. But if there's somebody that can prepare with you, I think that that yeah is really important yeah that was the other thing I was going to mention too about like not only having a birth plan but be prepared to advocate for yourself your birth partner can definitely do that for you if you are not in a place to voice what you want because yeah once things are moving they can go kind of fast and you might not you know be able to say oh no I wanted this you know you're just focused on getting your baby out yeah but yeah be prepared to advocate for yourself so when I Because even though maybe your doctor or your midwife knows your plans, the nurses that come in and out may, like, they should know your plans. But I had some nurses come in that they, again, asked me, okay, did you, are you getting an epidural? Or they would ask, like, did you want this or whatever? And I had to remind them, no, I'm not doing that. Or the the first day I went in when I thought I was going to have her and, and it didn't progress, there was a nurse that came in and just made a comment. We can break your water. We can give you this. We can give you this drug if you really want, you know, and, and I, she didn't know, but also I wish that she wouldn't have mentioned that. Cause then it put doubt in my mind, like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. It's just, you never know what you're going to feel in the moment. So you just have to be, be prepared. And for people that say, I heard people say like, oh, don't have a birth plan. Cause nothing's going to go according to plan. It really just depends. Like if you want a birth plan, like make a birth plan. Yeah. Like don't let people tell you like, oh, no one follows the birth plan. Cause I did. Yeah. Like, well, I will say too, I feel like on TikTok, a lot of labor nurses kind of get a bad rap now because mm -hmm. like not to discount anyone's negative experience that they've had with maybe their nurse just kind of disregarded what they wanted or didn't listen to them or whatever. I'm like, I know that that happens, but 
for the most part, a lot of things that people will put in their birth plans nowadays are like standard practice, like delayed cord clamping, unless the baby is in distress, like they're automatically going to do that. Skin to skin right after birth, again, unless the baby's in distress, like they're automatically going to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of these things are pretty much standard practice now. It never hurts to put them in writing and to like voice those to your providers, you know, your Mm -hmm. doctors, your midwives, your nurses, whoever it is. But I think sometimes there are people on TikTok, you know, TikTok just who know everything, you know, (laughs) and it's like there are cases where it's like, I'm so sorry, but we won't be able to do this from your birth plan. Like your baby comes out and your baby's not crying. Okay. They're going to need to cut the cord immediately and take them to the warmer so they can like do resuscitative measures just to like stimulate the baby or whatever. Or, you know, if your baby all of a sudden, like, I don't know, is like in distress with your pushing efforts or whatever, then it's like, you may need to have a C-section. Like those things have, like those things happen Mm -hmm. occasionally. So I think birth plans are great, but with the caveat that, you know, baby is kind of running the show. Yeah. And your baby may not follow what you wrote down on your birth plan, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it ever hurts to write those things down to kind of manifest those things. And just that way everyone can be on the same page. Yeah. But just, you know, in the back of your mind, you always have to know that sometimes it might not go according to plan and that's okay, but you can still implement as many of those measures as you're able to. Yeah. Depending on the situation. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And I will, that reminded me in the hypnobirthing class, um, as well as some of the affirmations, we do talk about like, you know, whatever, I can't remember what the exact affirmation was, but something to do with like, I will accept any like changes my birth may take. Yeah. And we talk about that in class too. Like the hypnobirthing class technically isn't just for unmedicated Mm -hmm. because we talk about um, epidurals and c-sections there's still ways to implement yeah. you know the breathing techniques and whatever in any birth and so we do talk about how like there's no wrong way to give birth right and that your birth may not go according to plan and maybe you do need some sort of medication maybe some people do choose to have their water broken but then mm-hmm. they still don't get an epidural or whatever um, so being open to like yeah pivoting if you need to right so that's a good point i personally loved going to a midwife rather than an OBGYN, nothing against OBGYNs. I just felt like I was never questioned when I said I want to do unmedicated. They were always very supportive of that. And my midwife, granted it was a holiday, so I don't think there were many like scheduled inductions or C-sections that day, but my midwife was able to be in the delivery room with me literally the whole time from like the moment I got there, which was amazing. So I just personally loved my, I just liked my midwife group that I went to. That's good. And they also gave me the option, which I didn't really consider, but they gave me the option to have, there's a mirror on the ceiling they can bring down if you want to see the baby coming out. And initially I thought no, but then once she started to crown, they were like, oh, she's starting to crown. Like, do you want, you know, do you want to see? And in that moment I was like, I do. Like, I I think it helped give me that extra push that I needed to actually see my baby coming out. Yeah. Um, because at that point, I just, I felt, again, like I was pushing, but I didn't know if anything was happening. So I liked having the mirror down, but some people may not want to see that, and that's yeah. totally fine. But I, I liked it. And then I would say the last thing, I would say with an unmedicated birth, this might also be possible for those that have like a lower dose of their epidural, mm-hmm. if that makes sense that I was able to feel everything that was happening. And so just following my body's instincts was really helpful. There were several moments that I can specifically remember where the nurse that was next to me, she was awesome and I really appreciated her. But there were times where she would say, let's do one more push, one more push. But I could tell that my contraction was over. I could tell that pushing was not going to be productive for me. And I literally was like, no, I can't. And I would stop. And then on the flip side, there were times where, you know, they try, they get you to push for like 10 seconds or whatever, yeah. but I was feeling good and I just kept pushing for like another five seconds because it felt very productive. Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful for me is just to listen to my own body's instincts. And even if, even if a nurse or, or the midwife or someone is telling you do this or don't do that, Coaching like you through it, right? Yeah. 
unless obviously it's at the if something's wrong with the baby and there's something that obviously you need to do you need to do it but when it just came to like you know pushing and that kind of thing yeah. what position to labor in I was able to really kind of do what I wanted to do and that follow was, your own instincts. yeah followed my body's instincts yeah. someone asked would you change anything about your birthing experience if so what so yes, there are a few things. So the first one is I definitely should have practiced my breathing and my deepening exercises that I learned in my class more. I am not someone that likes to do homework and we were given homework after every class to like practice certain things. And I was really good about listening to my affirmations, but I did not, I don't think I practiced my deepening, deepening techniques is what they're called, where again, you get into that deep hypnosis state. So I definitely should have done that more. And Austin would always remind me to practice. Yeah. He'd say, did you practice today? And I'd go, no. no. <laughs> um, and then another thing is I didn't have my affirmations playing in the delivery room. Mm. And I wish I would have. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Austin offered to turn them on. And for some reason, I was like, no, I don't want those right now. And yeah. I don't know why I said that, <laughs> to be honest. And so he just turned on like a hypnobirthing music playlist yeah. for me. So that was another thing I wish I would have turned on. I also wish that I would have waited longer before I was like started to actively try and push my baby out. I mentioned this earlier, but in hindsight, I think maybe I started pushing too soon. They asked me, do you feel ready to push? And I think I assumed I should be ready to push. Yeah. And so again, I, I think I wish I would have just listened to my body's instincts a little bit more and been like, no, I don't think so. Did you feel like you had to poop? There was only one. I labored in, I turned around on the bed and like held the back of like I uh -huh. leaned over the back of the bed for a couple contractions and I ended up not liking that position but in that position I did feel like gravity was starting to like push her down mm -hmm. but that was the only time I actually felt like maybe I need to maybe she's gonna come out soon but yeah um yeah that was it and then again I think if we had had it in our budget to hire a doula I think that would have been really helpful but again not to take away from all that Austin did because he was basically like my doula, like yeah. him. And then again, my midwife was there the whole time. Yeah, it sounds kind of like your midwife was like almost acting as a doula She for you. was, yeah, she really was. And then coincidentally, my birth photographer that was there, she used to be a doula. Oh. So she wasn't up next to me, right. but she was giving me affirmations from across the room. And yeah. she was like, you really are doing so good. And Aww. and. I don't even know really compared to others how I actually did, but the that was really encouraging to hear. Yeah. So honestly, I feel really fortunate that I had truly like the best group in that room that I could yeah. have, including the nurses that were in there. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. And then would you recommend unmedicated birth to any future moms? <laughs> this one, I, I struggled to answer yes or no. Because I also ask myself, would I do it again? Uh -huh. And honestly, I, I mean, I can't even think about having another child right now. <laughs> but I i would say I would recommend it as long as you do your due diligence and you prepare. Yeah. Um, but again, it totally depends on your pain tolerance. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it will be painful for you. Because again, I've seen videos of women that they don't seem like they're in pain. Mm -hmm. I've talked to people before that said I had a pain-free birth, which that's what, what I wanted. I didn't have that. But some people truly just, they're in such a deep state that they just don't feel, that's I don't know. Crazy. It's weird for me to fathom, but if it works for them, great. Yeah. So I would recommend it as long as, like I said, you prepare. I do feel like I had a pretty quick physical healing process. Like I said, I had minimal tearing and I don't know if that had to do with being able to really feel my body and listen to my body's instincts. And again, no one to stop pushing when it was getting to, to be too much, what mm -hmm. positions were more comfortable for me to labor in. Oh, I forgot to mention, I one position I labored in, my water broke and I felt my oh. water break. It was crazy. Yeah. And Austin saw... Austin saw like <laughs> just the deluge I didn't think it would actually be like a balloon popping and water coming out of me but it literally yeah. looked like a I was like it felt like a water balloon had like exploded <laughs> it was so funny and I was like when it happened I was like oh my gosh and everyone's like there's your water and I was like oh brick like I thought that was the baby like <laughs> coming out because I was like oh shoot that wasn't bad <laughs> but no that was just my water breaking naturally so that oh was my fun gosh. Um, but yeah I would recommend I I'd recommend it as long as you 
are willing to prepare for it. Mm -hmm. But everyone deals with pain differently. So I can't tell you how it's going to feel for you. I don't want anyone to come back to me and be like, (laughs) Brenna, you said I should do it. Well, the beauty of it is, though, is you can always change your mind. You can always do all the preparation and all the affirmations and Mm -hmm. have all the knowledge and then get in there and be like, you know what? I think I want to get an epidural instead. That's totally fine. You can always change your mind. And it's like, I think it's incredible that women have unmedicated births, Mm -hmm. but it's like, no offense. You don't get a trophy. No. If you like do it unmedicated, you know, it's like you, you just get your baby out either way. So (laughs) it's like, you know, it's maybe the bragging rights or whatever, but yeah, I mean, because some people are like, why would I, why would I make myself feel more pain if I don't have to? It's true. It's like, that's a good point. And then there's, you know, other people that are like, I want to do this as naturally as possible. It's just Mm -hmm. whatever works best for you. But you may get in there and be like, this pain is too much. Yeah. And I need something. That's totally fine. Yeah. No, it can, it can definitely be very painful. The one I had a, I had a screenshot of an affirmation as my background the last few weeks of pregnancy. And it said, I think it said, I made this baby, I can birth this baby, which is true. Again, like, I don't think our bodies were created to, like, not be able to handle, like, how do I say this? Modern medicine is great because, yeah, if you can make it pain-free, why not? Right. And I do, I am definitely considering that. If I have another (laughs) baby, I'm like, maybe I do want to try an epidural and just see, because it's not a bad thing to get one, but I think I just really wanted to have the full experience of having having my baby and feeling everything yeah but like I said I didn't expect I thought I would be more relaxed and yeah I, didn't I remember expect... you saying that right after like it hurt a lot more than you were expecting yes. yeah it too yeah but I you said bragging rights I'm not gonna lie to you I feel really Accomplished. I feel so proud of myself yeah. like I truly it was the hardest thing physically that I've ever had to do in my life yeah. but I look yeah, I already look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like go me. Yeah. Like that's really. It's really incredible. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I, I feel so proud of myself and my yeah. body yeah. and Darla. Darla. I feel like we were working together and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. But yeah, so I would recommend, maybe not 10 out of 10 would recommend, but I would recommend <laughs> if you want to do it, I would definitely encourage you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. And then what things have helped so far with postpartum life, tips or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I won't get too much into this first one, but I do want to say that like, while I feel like I healed physically pretty quickly, I've definitely still been working on healing mentally. Um, I have dealt with postpartum depression and anxiety, which again, I thought I didn't think you never like expect to have that you just either have it or you don't and I wasn't really prepared for those types of feelings postpartum depression if you aren't familiar with like obviously we all know what depression is but postpartum depression is just it's so hard because it's not like you're caring for a living baby you can't just yeah you can't just like walk away and so it's just hard. Well, and there's so many like major life changes happening like so quick. Like all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you have this baby to take care of. You have all these hormones shifting around in your body Mm -hmm. because you just delivered a baby. Yeah. And you know, like you're not pregnant anymore. And so your body's trying to adjust. You're Mm -hmm. sleep deprived because your baby, you know, is needs to eat every two to three hours. And you're just like trying to cope. (laughs) There's like so much new stuff going on that it's like makes it really hard it's true yeah I was gonna say I feel like sleep deprivation is really the only like physical thing that I have been struggling with otherwise Mm -hmm. everything has really been has been mental but yeah I remember the day we got home from the hospital that night I was taking a shower and I just like sobbed uncontrollably in the shower and I don't even remember why yeah yeah your hormones are just all over the place and it's like you're so excited to have this baby but I, I did struggle to bond with Darla, mm-hmm. which again, that's one thing I wasn't expecting because I felt really connected to her when I was pregnant with her. Yeah. And then as soon as she was out in the world, I was like, oh, that's who, 
that's the baby that was in there. I, I struggle to make the connection that she was the baby that was inside of me. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing and it's so hard to explain, but just pregnancy and birth, it's just like the biggest like mind F. You're just like, when you're pregnant, you don't remember what it was like to not be pregnant. And then as soon as the baby's out of you, you're like, wait, I was pregnant? Yeah. And it's like, you have this fog over you and it's just, it's so weird and it's hard to know what that's like unless you've actually been through it. So I would say because of those things that I dealt with, some things that helped me, one was to engage, really engage with your baby when they're awake. When they're like the first couple weeks, they're not awake a ton. Um, But I think, I think I always felt a little bit better if I was depressed or anxious, like when I had my baby in my arms and she, her eyes were open or, you know, even if she was sleeping in my arms, I just, I feel like spending as much time with your baby as possible helped, it helped me start to feel more connected to her. But there are still moments where, yeah, in the middle of the night, I'm super tired. I need to feed her. I'm not thinking straight. I do sometimes have to remind myself, okay, this is my daughter. This is my child. It's, yeah, it's just easy to fall into that. Like, oh my gosh, this is too much. Yeah. So the more bonded you are with your baby, I feel like the more, the, I shouldn't say easier it is to deal with everything, but it just makes it less hard, I guess. And um, skin to skin is like top tier for bonding. Mm -hmm. And I always, especially like for dads, I like always tell them and they like never want to do it. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to leave the room, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like skin to skin not only helps with bonding, but it like it regulates every single one of your baby's body systems. Oh, that's cool. Like blood sugar. If they're having like Mm -hmm. low blood sugar issues, skin to skin will help. Like breathing, you know, everything. It just helps them like regulate. Yeah. And it's like the best thing for bonding. So if moms are breastfeeding, they're getting some skin to skin that way. Mm -hmm. But it's like always good to do more. And then I always tell the dads, I'm like, you can do skin to skin too with the baby. Like it's going to be great for bonding. They're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they never freaking do it. (laughs) I'm like, you guys bond with your child. Yeah. Austin did not feel comfortable doing skin to skin in the hospital. Yeah. Which I understand. (laughs) And it's like, like I can get that even though it's like, I took care of old people in another life like I promise you <laughs> it's not gonna phase me yeah. like and there are some dads who will do it in the hospital mm-hmm. um, but it's like you can still put a blanket over yeah. top you know yeah. or it's like just do it at home if you don't want to but I'm like yeah. I will leave the room and I will not come back for a few hours if you want like if you feel more comfortable whatever but they never want to do it yeah no I should yeah I don't think I did hardly any skin to skin time with her after I so I was gonna mention I started off breastfeeding and then I just had some challenges that made it difficult for me both physically and mentally Uh to do breastfeeding I didn't realize how much of a mental toll it would take to breastfeed for me personally Um, so I've I did eventually move to bottle feeding formula for her and it's been working great but yeah aside from when I was breastfeeding I got skin to skin with her but after that I haven't really I don't know how long you how long is it beneficial to do skin to skin? Like until what age? I feel just like, like for a while. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it ever like, I mean, once they're like a toddler and running around, of course, but it's like, I still like, I think, I don't think it ever stops being beneficial. Even sometimes like, <laughs> I don't want to say that Ryan and I do skin to skin because that sounds weird, but like, if there's a, I'm having like a really hard day or something and I'm just like in a tank top or something, like if Ryan takes his shirt off, like for bedtime or whatever, and like, we'll just like cuddle and just like my, my cheek against like his bare chest yeah. or whatever. It's just like, I can just feel myself just like calming down. Aww. Like, yeah, I don't know. That probably sounds weird. But <laughs> Husband and wife skin to skin and time. And so now he'll go mm, skin to skin. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, it just like, I think it's like any kind of physical connection. Like it just probably releases like serotonin in your brain and it just like helps you regulate and calm down. So I feel like, I don't know, skin to skin is probably beneficial for your kid as long as you can for like until they reach an age where they like won't let you do it anymore. You're like, come here. (laughs) Let me give you skin to skin time. That sounded weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. 
Well, I remember before we had the baby, Austin sometimes would pick up one of the cats and maybe he wasn't wearing a shirt like yeah. bedtime or whatever. And he'd be holding the cat and he'd go skin to skin. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, good job. Yeah. Another one that was, this was recommended in the pregnancy episode and it sounds very like general, but asking for and accepting help. And for me, I don't like asking for help. And yeah. I think I had this mindset of like, I'm the mom and I should be able to do this by myself. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. I still sometimes get that way if like someone's like, oh, do you want me to take her? And I think, no, I should be able to, I should be able to do everything I need to do one handed. Like, yeah. and that's not the case. So I've had to get really good at like, and you probably remember when you were staying mm -hmm. with me for a few yeah. days after I had her, you'd be like, do you want me to go change her? And it'd be like, I should probably be the one to change her because I'm her mom, right? Yeah. It's like, no, like you can change your diaper or yeah. whatever. And so just even little things like that. Yeah. My, I want to give a shout out to my sister-in-law, Ashley, because she, for like a week, I really just was struggling. I didn't want to be alone at home. And yeah. so she would come over like every morning and just hold Darla while I took a shower or yeah. while I kept sleeping for a little bit. And so that was amazing. Just little yeah, things like so that. Sweet. Yeah. So... It that doesn't was, have to be someone yeah. coming over and watching her all day, but even just like coming over for an hour or whatever is so helpful. And finally admitting like, hey, I need help. Like, yeah, do you think you could come hard. over today or can we come over there and mm -hmm. eat dinner with you? Like, I can't cook right now. Like, just things like that yeah. were, yeah, really helpful because you don't have to do everything just because you're the mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would say the last thing is I do wish that I would have taken actual like parenting classes before having her uh -huh. I was so focused on the birth that I right. didn't focus on what would happen after birth yeah and so I do feel like I was just thrown into this unknown like the first couple of days in the hospital like we got wheeled into the recovery room the nurse gave us some information and then left and I remember looking at Austin being like what do we do with her like yeah. what do we do and you know you learn over time but it's just a lot so I, I wish I would have taken like parenting classes I guess we still could yeah <laughs> Yeah. I guess we still could, but, um, cause she's only going to change. Yeah. And I don't know Jack squat about babies once they're this age. <laughs> <laughs> I know Lindsay, I'd ask her questions. I'd be like, is this normal? And she'd be like, honestly, I deal with babies for like a few days. And then yeah. I don't really know after that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much past day five. I'm like, your guess is as good as mine. It's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. No, Lindsay's like so good with babies though. She's really oh, good with you. Darla. It's literally my job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I realized how much you actually dealt with the babies as a postpartum nurse. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were just working with the moms. Mm -hmm. But then after being postpartum in the hospital, I was like, oh my gosh, Lindsay's literally like dealing with babies all day long. Yeah. And then seeing you interact with Darla, I was uh -huh. like, oh shoot, like she knows how to hold her so good. And she just seems so comfortable with her. Yeah. And so I've learned Aww. a lot from Lindsay too with having, oh, having her. So yeah. Yeah. It's fun for me. Like, especially when I went and visited when she was so fresh and new still, I'm only like less than a week old. Yeah. Just because it was like, I never see what happens after they leave mm -hmm. the hospital, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, like, fun to kind of be part of it, like, at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was super fun, too. My mom and Lindsay came up, like, right after. Well, my parents drove up the next day yeah. from Arizona. So they were actually able to see her while I was still in the hospital, which was really special for me. Um, cause that's what I always wanted. Yeah. I wanted my parents to be there in the hospital. And so that was great. Yeah. And then Lindsay came up a few days later and stayed for a little bit and that was great. So yeah, I feel lucky to have such a good support system and husband. Austin's been so amazing. He's so cute with her. Yeah. I just, oh, he loves being a, a girl dad and yeah. it's just been super, super fun. So yeah. well, and I also feel like you mentioned during your hospital stay, how there were, I mean, there were some nurses that were really nice and really helpful, but there were some, like, there was just some stuff that they were, like, not explaining to you yeah. and, like, yep. with, you know, the baby's blood tests and stuff like that. Like, yeah. do you feel like, or, like, what do you feel like you wish had gone differently, like, with your postpartum time? Because, like, when I'm asking questions, like, trying to figure out, you know, from the nurse brain side of me like mm -hmm. oh you know how were her 24-hour tests and how was her weight and how was this and that and you're like oh they didn't really say yeah I'm like what do you mean they didn't say? like they didn't tell you the results of her stuff they didn't tell you if it was high or normal or low or whatever like yeah that was so weird to me because I'm always trying to like 
and a lot of times I feel like the parents don't really care, but I'm like, yeah. oh, her Billy Rubin, for example, is a measure of this and hers was this. A normal range is this. So she's looking great or like it's a little close to high, but just keep doing what you're doing and yeah. it should, you know, we'll check it again a little yeah. later or whatever. Yeah. No, I and maybe it depends on like, I'm sure it depends on the nurse, but also like the facility that you have your baby at. Because it sounds like maybe at, you're trained on like you should do all of that and maybe the nurses at that hospital didn't. I don't know. But yeah, I guess I just wish that they would ex- they would have explained things more when it came to the baby because yeah, there would be, there were several times where just some random tech would like come in and be like, hey, we need to do some tests on baby. And they would start doing things to her and I'd be like, okay, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. they, they just wouldn't even explain what they were doing. They were like, oh, we need... We're just testing for this. I'm like, okay, are you are you pricking her heel? Are you taking her blood? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, can you just tell me like yeah. what you're doing to my child? Yeah. And I do feel like there were times too where like, for example, when we first got into our recovery room, it was now like pretty late into the evening. I obviously am so freaking tired because I just, you know, gave birth. And then Austin was getting a migraine. It was like the worst scenario to be in. And the nurse is like, okay, I'm going to go over a bunch of stuff with you, which I know you said they kind of have to do that. But it just didn't seem like she was like, oh my gosh, you're probably so tired or, oh, your husband has a migraine. Okay. Let's give him a few minutes to, Mm -hmm. I don't know. She just was like, okay, I just got to get through this. And I know there's a point where like you have to do certain things, like maybe like legally or I don't know, safety things. But I do feel like we had really great nurses and then we had a few nurses that just didn't seem to care too much about. Yeah, they couldn't read the room. Like the emotional IQ wasn't quite there. Yeah. But yeah, I would just say it would have been helpful for them to like explain more what they were doing. But now that I've gone through it, I would say for those that haven't, like, don't be afraid to ask. Like, oh, like, what is this pill you're giving me? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, they were pretty good at explaining that. They're like, this is your... This is your ibuprofen. This is your stool softener or whatever. But I do feel like there were moments where they would just like do things or make comments about things that would like worry us. We'd be like, okay, wait, what does that mean? And then they're like, oh, it doesn't. It's fine. I'm like, okay. So yeah. But again, maybe, maybe some facilities are more dialed in with that than, than mine was. But I feel like it was more so like my school. Yeah. More than anything. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Maybe I'm just a better nurse than everybody. <laughs> just kidding. No, that would have been so fun to have you as my nurse. Yeah. I wish I would have been able to like see you in the hospital. I know. Too. If I And would... also be able to like ask the nurses, be like, okay, what's like, what was the CCHD result? <laughs> like, what was the They would have been like, can they get, can you get this girl out of <laughs> I here? I know. Family member, like when patients, family members are nurses or worse when the, when the patient's mom is a nurse because they already have like that maternal instinct and then I'm like oh my gosh I'm scared of you <laughs> sometimes they're very nice but it's like they all like everyone says that nurses make the worst patients and yeah it's true like we're so annoying but it's like I want to know everything <laughs> yeah no that makes sense that makes sense but, yeah but otherwise I feel like overall my birth I was able to follow my birth plan yeah there were some things that went differently than I thought but I was able to stick to what I wanted and I got what I wanted and that's cool. <laughs> yep. Okay. And then the last question someone asked, did you poop in front of your in-laws? <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to the pregnancy episode, this is a reference to that. We were joking about having your in-laws in the room and then what if you poop? Yeah. No, the no, I didn't. Well, I don't know if I pooped. I don't think I did, but like, cause I could, I don't know. I don't know. He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. Not me. Austin wasn't looking down there, but. Well, your in-laws also weren't there. I was also going to say the (laughs) only people in the room were me and Austin, midwife, nurses, birth photographer. Yeah. So I I don't know why you would want more than that in the room for me personally. I guess if I would have been fine having you there probably if you, if I was living in the same place as you but otherwise I felt like that was more than enough but you definitely do get to the point where you don't even realize who's in the room I think my nurse has changed at some point I didn't even know like I just wasn't you're just focused on getting the baby out that you don't even 
I didn't care at all. <laughs> I was even like, Austin, did you look down there when she was coming out? And he's like, no. Yeah. But luckily, my birth photographer got some sick photos. I mean, sick in a good way. Yeah, they were really, of really Darla good. Darla coming out of me, like her head coming out. I'm and really excited to see the video. Yeah, me too. And that was helpful to see once I got my photo gallery back, seeing pictures of her actually coming out of me helped me feel even more bonded with her because I'm like Uh oh yes that's the baby they put on my chest (laughs) because literally for I joked but like for the longest time and still sometimes I almost feel like this is someone else's baby that I was given and they're like this is your baby now yeah you got to take care of it (laughs) and like I'll see I'll see myself in the mirror holding her or see pictures of myself holding her and I'm like I don't look like like to me I don't look like a mom it's still weird yeah like I feel like I'm holding someone else's child and I don't mean that in a negative way some people don't feel that some people feel completely connected right away but it's it's kind of funny I think a lot of I think a lot more people probably feel that way than you realize yeah like not as bonded yeah not as bonded I think that's a lot more common like because you just people don't talk about that as much yep you know yeah I I feel like a teen mom I think people joke (laughs) about that but I truly feel like I felt that way when I got married too, that I was this teenager child getting married. Bride. <laughs> I felt like a child bride and now I feel like a teen mom. Yeah. I feel like I were, I'm about to turn 29. Yeah. And I feel 16 <laughs> years old. Do I look 29? No. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't feel like a child bride when I got married, but now I, looking back, I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. What was the rush girl? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like, gosh, people probably think I'm so young to have a baby. And I'm like, I'm almost 30. Like, no, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about mom, when she was your age, had three kids already. Yeah. I I was probably on the way. Yeah. Well, I found out that I was looking through pictures of my birth and my mom was my age when she had me. Really? Yeah. I was talking with her about it. Isn't that cute? So I was looking at pictures of the day that I was born and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's going to be me and Darla, like same age. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We calculated it. Oh, 28 because you're 28 now. Yeah, I'm currently 28. I was thinking 29 because you were just saying 29. I was like, how could she have been 29 when she had you, but then also 29 when she was pregnant with me? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're three years apart though, right? Mm, Just under. Oh, Okay. But like mom was 30 when she Oh, we were she pregnant for me. nine months. Well, yeah, yeah, have- yeah. Okay, So she got sense. some, yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's go squeeze that baby. She's downstairs <laughs> with mom. Yeah, mom's watching her right now while we <laughs> record this. Yeah, I I like miss her. I know. I, I go like go five seconds her. without her. I'm like, I need her back. Yeah. Or like someone else is holding her and I'm like, oh, I want to <laughs> hold her now. Give her back. It's so funny because sometimes she'll be like laying there and I'll be like, Oh, wait, I can pick her up. Like, she's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can literally do it. Not whatever I want, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's so cute when, like, I'll have a, a patient that, like, just comes over from delivery. Like, they're brand new, like, first-time parents. And the baby comes over in the crib. And I'll check the baby and whatever. And I'm like, okay. Like, I do all my spiel. I'm like, any questions? They're like, can we, like, can we hold them? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, that is your baby. Like, do whatever whatever you want. Hold them, put them down. They're, they're yours to play with. Like, mm-hmm. It's just so cute because they're, like, you know, kind of the same yep. thing. Like, am I allowed to touch it's them? It's true. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's so true. It's so funny. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Well, the last thing I just want to say is if you are dealing with any sort of, like, postpartum depression or anxiety or just feeling like I know I had feelings of like I don't feel fit to be her mom I don't feel like her mom I can't do this this is impossible like those feelings are all very they're very normal and common Mm -hmm. and so I just if you're feeling that way like my heart goes out to you and just know that like speaking from someone that just went through it really heavily it does there is a light at the end of the tunnel whether that's just through through time or medication or whatever it is for me it's been both of those things therapy Um, support from friends and family members like it will get better and it's okay if you don't have a routine with your baby there really is like I don't know how anyone could have a routine with a newborn they're just a little potato yeah you're literally taking it not even day by day like I was taking it hour by hour and just trying to get through the day but just know like it it will get better even in like times where it feels super dark and things look very bleak like just know that like 
it'll get better and you'll feel more bonded with your baby and you are meant to be that baby's mom and yeah it will be it's been really rewarding now to as she gets even if she's six weeks now but she already just seems like she's got her own personality like I'm learning her habits I'm yeah. learning and it's just it's becoming very fun there's still times that are really hard but it's becoming a lot better so just hold out like once you get to like a month four to six weeks like things really start to look better so and our dms are always open too yeah if like you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to yeah you can you can message us yeah literally it was that was something so helpful i remember posting something on my close friends instagram story one day that was like if anyone has any words of encouragement like i'm kind of struggling with like feeding and routine and all this stuff and i got so many messages from people and some of them were really long messages even from people that maybe like I don't talk to that often. I didn't yeah. realize that they went through the same thing. And yeah. just, oh, it was so, so helpful just to hear from other people that went through the, the exact same thing as me. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you, even if I don't know you at all, like message message us or you can message my personal Instagram. Yeah. Like I'm more than happy to to chat with you or whatever you need because it just, just sucks feeling alone. Yeah, just offer company even yeah. if that's what you need. Yeah, so yes, our DMs are definitely yeah. open. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing, Verena. Yeah, thanks for your <laughs> questions and letting me talk like the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice for a change for me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will have another episode for you next Thursday. And if you feel so inclined, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can leave us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, if you share the podcast on your uh, social media, that is always really, really helpful um, to help us get new followers and new listeners. And happy new year. Oh, yeah. Happy new year. <laughs> Nobody better be wearing Crocs today. Well, she's got her finger guns out. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.